Well, thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of The Mile High Show. You're listening to episode 237. Should be way higher than that, but I've been slacking a little bit. And uh, stick around, because in, in an episode or two, I've already recorded it, but uh, I, I explain a little bit about what's what's been keeping me away from the mic and, and some things that I've been involved in and, uh, and occupied with as of late. And uh, you'll learn a little bit about that uh, another day. But for today, we are back in the saddle. This will be one of a few episodes with Tommy Anderson, known locally as Tommy Rocks. Now, uh, he is a musician and teacher and all-round good guy. He also operates Tommy Rocks Music in Jerome, Arizona. We'll give you all his socials and everything during the episode, but make note, TommyRocks.net, TommyRocks.com. One is for his music, and one is for the store. Uh, so sit back, enjoy my conversation with Tommy. He's a fascinating guy. The intro that you heard was a cut off of his latest album, 2020. Now, you, stick around. You'll you'll hear his story, why, why the album's called that, what he's been doing the last couple of years, and Old Man is one of the latest songs he has. And then on the outro, we close out the episode with Tommy and I talking about Hoppy. Any of you in and around Prescott and beyond, especially in the music scene, know Hoppy. Uh, he was a fixture on Whiskey Row in and around all the live music. We unfortunately, we lost Hoppy recently, and Tommy penned his song entitled Hoppy as a tribute to Hoppy. So we'll play that in its entirety at the end, uh, and then we finish out the episode with some conversation about Hoppy. So enjoy my talk with Tommy. Listen for an episode coming up, uh, again, already recorded. I just haven't put the finishing touches on it. It is uh, a little explanation of what I've been up to and some conversations with my son on a recent road trip we did. And uh, one more thing I want to uh, update you on. It's a project I have coming up on Saturday, May 14th at 7 p.m. at the Elks Theater and Performing Arts Center in Prescott, right in downtown. Information on the theater and the upcoming May 14th show is available at prescottelkstheater.org. Now, their main theater has been dark all these last two years. They are up and running again. They've got some great music and shows coming up, including Saturday, May 14th, that I have been, uh, I'm privileged to have been invited to participate in this as the host and MC of a tribute show for the, I want to get this right, the Granite Mountain Interagency Hotshot Crew Learning and Tribute Center. Now, that's a long name for a great organization. This organization was set up to honor and educate the community about the Granite Mountain hotshots that we lost several years ago in the Yarnell Fire. Uh, a very sad occasion, but also an opportunity to educate the community, the world, really, on what these firefighters go through. And the Granite Mountain Interagency Hotshot Crew Learning and Tribute Center is just that. It's a combination education center, museum, uh, shrine, and all things related to fighting wildfires. Of course, honoring those that we lost, but also working to make that job safer. 
Currently, the agency, the Tribute Center, is housed at Gateway Mall here in Prescott, Arizona. They are looking for uh, a permanent and new standalone home, and uh, in order to do so, they need to raise funds. So, friends of mine, friends of the show, great guys all the way around, the Road One South Blues Band uh, out of Chino Valley in Prescott, Arizona, have put on a concert now. They are putting on a concert uh, on May 14th, I will be hosting that with them, and Brad Newman, another friend and former guest of this show, will be opening the show, and it's we're going to have some interviews with some folks uh, with the Tribute Center, we're going to have some great music and some laughs, and uh, we're going to have a great time, and a, pro- a portion of those proceeds will go to the uh, Hotshot Crew Learnings and Tribute Center, so helping them find a new home. PrescottElksTheater.org. You can uh, find ways to donate directly to the organization as well as buy tickets to the show. It's going to be a great time, great music. Hopefully we'll have some laughs and hopefully I won't uh, make too big a fool of myself. And all of this, this show, everything I'm doing on these mics for the Mile High Show is brought to you by my friend, my neighbor, Patrick Bowler, owner of Bully Dog Coffee Company. BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com is where you can order his freshly and locally roasted coffee beans in various different roasts, all of them named after and in honor of his current and past pets. And uh, he is a proponent of bulldog and pit bull uh, rescue and educational efforts, and a portion of all of his sales go to organizations that he's involved with. He is working on a new project to bring his roaster in a mobile form, so he's raising money for that, and he does it by selling his beans, and uh, he's also uh, gearing up for some Kickstarter, GoFundMe-type things. So check out BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com on how you can help bring great coffee to the masses by way of Patrick Bowler at Bully Dog Coffee Company. So, and Patrick takes care of us. He sponsors this show, and he uh, is a is a. Don't tell him I said this, but he's a good guy, and he has great coffee. So, uh, sit back, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy my conversation with Tommy Rocks, Tommy Anderson, from Jerome, Arizona. they can where they can find you blast away every social media web whatever you got phone numbers whatever you want people to reach you on sure well like i say my name is tommy anderson um a lot of people know me as tommy rocks around these parts um part of the tommy rocks i've been i've been kind of known as tommy rocks for the last 20 some years uh but i do own a music store in jerome called tommy rocks where we're uh, sitting right now. Where we are. It's a great little spot. It is. And uh, looking at these ukuleles, so I'm the largest ukulele dealer in Arizona because I love ukuleles. So my my store is TommyRocks.com. And then I'm also known as Tommy Rocks. So me, the musician, my personal website is TommyRocks.net. And so at TommyRocks.net, you can stream and download Geez, I've got a whole bunch of albums. I just put out seven albums in the last two years. Um, a whole bunch of singles. You know, you can, you know, go to my video channel by going to the video page and clicking on a link. Um, so I've got a YouTube channel, Tommy Anderson, uh, on YouTube. And I've got, I think, 52 videos up there right now. 
<clears throat> um, you can find me out performing. So pre-COVID, you know, so before COVID, BC, I was doing probably 150 shows a, a nice. year. And, uh, and now I'm sliding back into it now that we're hitting the springtime here. So I'm doing quite a few shows. Um, tomorrow night I'm playing in Sedona. I do a Beatles show once a month. So it's always on the last yeah. Friday of each month. Um, and then I'm down in Phoenix and uh, doing quite a few shows, doing some festivals this year. So uh, international music festivals. Um, so I'm playing quite a bit. Um, I just got notified yesterday that they're going to have me perform at the NAM show nice. in Anaheim, California. Tell, so that's tell us about NAM for listeners that don't know. I know peripherally because I know some folks that go and music store guys and and some performers who perform there. Drew Hall was there a few years back. He was, and I saw yeah. Drew play. But d d explain what NAM is and what why this is such a great opportunity for you. Yeah. So I've gone three or four times previous to this and like i say i did see drew hall uh perform there that morning which was just a treat for me to see you know one of your buddies up yeah. there um so nam n-a-m-m so it stands for national association of music merchandisers and what it is it's all the manufacturers of guitars keyboard amplifiers horns drums Everything from from around the world. Recorders like we're using now. I know there there. I saw some clips from Zoom there. So yep. anything, music, musician, tech, gear, performance, everything. Yep. And typically, you know, it's the real higher end stuff. Like you say, professional gear like this, like you're, we're using right now. Um, you know, lighting systems, PA yeah. systems. Rigging systems for rigging speakers. The arena um, stuff, those array speakers, all that stuff. All that stuff. All that stuff that every time I see uh, Teddy Leonard from Prescott Pro Sound. Oh, yeah. I tell Ted. him, I says, Ted, half of these knobs do nothing, right? <laughs> they can't. They can't. There's too many. Yeah. Nine foot long mixing board. That doesn't. Half of those don't do nothing. There's an on off switch. You know, it's, <laughs> so, it's so funny. And so shout out to Ted because, yeah, I love Ted. Um, so a few years ago, I had some of my older professional amplifiers yeah. for sale back in the day amps were heavy you know these crown thousand watt power yeah. amps and so i was trying to sell them and ted looked at him and he said so what is this are you starting a museum for old <laughs> you know audio equipment and it's like because nowadays everything is so compact yeah you know it's it's ridiculous and you know the music industry is always changing um so at the nam show it's like if you can get into these things, they are so awesome, and they don't let anybody in. So you yeah. have to you have to be in the industry. You have to be a, a you know pro or own a music store or you know performers. Um, yeah, so there is every day. There's a hundred thousand people in this yeah. place. It's loud, but everybody's got to keep at a certain volume within their booth. But collectively, it's loud, especially yeah. when you walk through the drum section and the cymbal section. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, do they set up for things like that? Will they set up like booths, sound booths where you can go yes, in? Yes, they and, do. So some yeah. of the louder ones, they do put in booths. Yeah. yeah. I, no, nothing to that extent, but for years, I'm a photographer by trade. And uh, for years, we would travel to the, and I can't remember the numbers right now, it's PP of A or whatever it was. There's a, the photo, P, PMA shows, photo, mark, photo and Marketing Association. Okay. PMA, and they would rotate. Um, back then, 80s, 90s, it was uh, like one year Vegas, one year uh, Atlanta. And it would go back and forth. Yeah. So I, growing up in the Bay Area, Vegas was, we, we'd go, we went several times to Vegas. And uh, 
and just seeing all the latest and greatest because like music and like sound tech, you know, new cameras every six months. Yeah. Is, you yeah. know, the, the one I just bought that I won't pay off for a couple of years is now obsolete, you know. <laughs> So we would go and wander through yeah. those exhibit centers, you know, the con- uh, convention centers. And the best part was getting the freebies, little things, lens cleaners, you know, uh, film cases, you know, camera bags, stuff like that. Yep. You'd walk out of there with, uh, with well, some of it was free and some of it became free. <laughs> oh, it's an open box. It must be a sample. <laughs> yep. But no, we, we it was just to, to be able to see the latest and greatest some that you may get a chance to use at some point and some that were way above our pay grade we would never but to be able to get hands on hands on was the best yeah yeah Yeah. and you know it's the exact same way here so you get to see the new stuff that's coming out before it's out so uh we you know a lot of us pros have this uh joke about nam that it's actually stands for not available maybe may <laughs> you know so it's typically in january you yeah, know, is yeah. the show but now this year they've changed it so it's going to be june 3rd through 5th but uh yeah you get to see the stuff before anybody yeah. else does and i think another thing that's fun being a music store owner so on the last day sunday of the nam show you know everybody's got these booths and you know whole entire areas like the downstairs floor they're all from china yeah so they don't want to take this stuff home with them i don't want to pack it up they don't so so what i did uh one year especially i'm really sticks out you just have tons of cash and you got your credit cards right yeah and you just scoop up stuff wheel and deal yeah how do you really want to put this on the plane with you no they don't (laughs) they don't and you know so that last day so thank god i had a um professional guitar player buddies that was staying with me we hauled out seven guitars oh man just tons of stuff we were as as loaded down as you could now were you were you getting it for you guys as musicians or were you trying to stock get some stock for your store yes a little bit of both a little (laughs) bit of whatever oh yeah if i see something that's coming home with me (laughs) and uh if not you know i got uh, separate monies for the store but uh but yeah, I'll never forget what we got out of there. And there was a rainstorm that hadn't happened in California since like the great flood of Noah. And we had, thank God we had garbage bags that, that I bought earlier that day. We put over everything. Yeah. We had to walk back through inches of water, Ooh. getting all this stuff back to the car. And, uh, but yeah, so that's, I'm, I'm hoping for that this year. If not, you know, the other really, really nice thing is you get to see wicked famous musicians. Yeah everywhere and if they're not performing in booths like i've got a real famous guitar player uh in my band called ovo um joe berger so he's from Mm. new york city so he's performing in all these huge booths like eventide and jj guitars and got another friend larry mitchell who may be joining us on stage hopefully uh this year for a concert we're going to be doing um so he's a grammy award winner so he's playing there you walk around and here's you know just famous drummers like i walked right you know, you know, well, not the famous drummer I was thinking of, but I walked right past like Stevie Wonder, you know, 10 yeah. feet away from Stevie Wonder. And you just see just wicked famous, you know, musicians and, and everybody's so nice. Yeah. That's the other thing about really pro musicians like Drew Hall, right? 
the bigger you get, the nicer they are. They're and, all just really, really nice and people. And the fact that it's an industry. So everyone there is in the industry. This isn't a fan fest. This is No, it's not a fan this fest. Is, yeah. So this yeah. is they know if you're there and you're ten feet away from Stevie Wonder or mm-hmm. whoever He's got to know that you know what you're talking about. Exactly. If you're gonna, you know, you know that's true. It's, yeah. It, yeah. So it's it's not the they're not gonna have to worry about signing fifty autographs. Yeah. Because it's the industry. It's yeah. You're there because you belong there. Yeah. You know that's uh, last year that I saw Stevie Wonder there, and uh, so the other thing is all the little bars that are in the hotels that surround the Nam Show. So they all have musicians in this little bar that that place. You know, little nooks and crannies they got musicians playing. So some solo acoustic guitar player was playing a Stevie Wonder song. Uh. Stevie and his entourage walked in, freaked the dude out so badly that he forgot all the <laughs> words. And then Stevie Wonder's like, how can you forget the words to my song? So Stevie said, let me do it. Stevie got up on stage oh, with man. a solo acoustic player, and they knocked out a Stevie Wonder song. Oh, man. I, I would die and go to heaven. It's yeah. like, all right, that's it. Thank you, folks. Yeah. Good night. I'm dead now. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's been getting beers off of that story ever since. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. Man, how great. <laughs> well, we're, of course, we want to talk about your releases. You've got, what did you say, seven in the last two years? Seven in the last two years. Including the one we're going to kind of focus on. Okay. We're gonna, this, is a, this is episode one with Tommy. We're going we're gonna to come back. And uh, and talk about go through each one, find some inspiration on them, what motivated him to to pen these, and uh, pen these songs and 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 put the music to to microphones. Um, the one we're going to concentrate on, and we'll get to it, is twenty twenty. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that sounds um, good. But before we get there, uh, for those that don't know, and I do not, I've seen you around, and we've talked, and we've 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 bumped into each other, but I don't know the history. I was hearing it when we were hanging out in the shop and you were dealing with your customers. And again, the shop is, uh, I got my cheater notes here, the music store, tommyrocks.com, and it's right underneath the uh, post post office on Main Street in Jerome. Uh, Jerome, a tiny little hillside, ghost town, mining town, but is world-renowned. I mean, just it's a it's a beautiful little location. The mayor, Jack, what's Jack's last name? Jack Dillenberg. Was just in the store before we, we plugged in these mics. So it is both a worldwide tourist destination as well as a true small-town Arizona. Yeah, it is. A yeah. great mix of both of those. Yep. And uh, so when in Jerome, or no, not even when in Jerome, when in Arizona, come to Jerome, and then uh, stop by and say hi to Tommy and the and the beautiful whatever that green car is out in front of the the yeah, shop. Yeah, that's an old 1936 Dodge. 36 Dodge. Yeah. I was waiting for Dillinger to step out of it. <laughs> it it could be. So, it's a gangster. So car. we've been hanging out yeah. here and just looking at stuff and talking with customers and watching Tommy ply his trade as the, as the retailer but we want to talk about what got him into the music business not just the retail side and i always start what what's hometown where did where did little tommy grow up well little, little tommy, tommy pebble before tommy was rock yeah before little tommy pebbles right <laughs> yeah so you know what so i grew up on a farm in southern minnesota uh. and the farm you know, it was five miles outside of a town of 100 people. So I either oh had goodness. to walk the gravel roads five miles to get to so that little So you were town. the suburb of the 100 person Not even town. the suburb because, <laughs> you know, so our farm was 85 acres. Everybody's farm's about that size. So the nearest neighbor is a half mile or a mile Family away. Family farm? 
Yeah, family how, farm. Now, how long had it been in the family? Was this where your parents well, I moved out your dad there grew in, up? Or no, no uh, I moved out there when we were five. Oh, okay. I was five years old, so in 1967. And what's and the what's the dynamics of the family? Siblings, brothers, sisters? What? I got an older sister and a younger sister, and I'm the only son. So I was the kind middle of, of three, huh? Yeah, I was kind of expected to take over the farm. You yeah, know, be a farmer. And what was the farm? What 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 were you? What you were you raising? What were you growing? So we had like beef cattle. Beef cattle. cattle. Okay. And then uh, eventually my dad moved into um, doing Clydesdales. So he had 24 Clydesdales. Oh, nice. And uh, so it was, you know, a farm farm. And, you know, there was no music whatsoever on the farm. I mean, zero. Now, I'm a geographical idiot. Mm -hmm. When I hear Minnesota, all Mm -hmm. I think is, you know, 11 and a half months of snow and then that two weeks where the sun comes out. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, like you're getting into, it's not, you know, when you think of the music capitals of the world, you know, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, the deep south for the blue. Yeah. Minnesota doesn't come to mind. But having said that, you know, Prince and Bob Dylan, whose whose collection is behind you. There are some dynamite musicians coming out of you there. Know, yeah. But your neck of the woods was not the mecca for uh No, because we're about a, roughly about a hundred miles away from Minneapolis. Yeah. Which could that's the dark side of the moon. You know, that yeah. is so far away. It's like another planet. A hundred miles could be ten thousand. Yeah. Especially back in those days. You yeah. know, and this is, you know, like I say, um nineteen sixty seven is when we moved out there. Pre internet, pre cable TV. Almost pre, pre, pre almost, more than three channels. Almost pre FM radio. Really? Almost. Yeah. You know, AM was was yeah. really big, and uh, yeah. So when I was about thirteen years old, maybe fourteen ish, um, my parents got a color TV, which was yeah. amazing. And downstairs we had one of those big consoles in the living room that had a big black and white TV in the middle. On the left side, you would flip up the, the yep. wooden top, and it had a turntable. And the right side, you'd flip up that wooden top, and it was an AM, FM radio. It wasn't an a, a, a appliance. It was furniture. It was furniture. Yeah, these, these big old, they're the size of a sofa. Yeah, basically. and it's yeah. heavy furniture. Yeah. You know? And uh, so about 14, I finally, you know, they got a TV, and I said, can I take that one upstairs? So somehow, we got that TV upstairs into my room. Wait, the big console one? The big console. <laughs> It took so a, they got their color TV, yeah. and you took the Buick of the Buick. Of, of entertainment centers <laughs> totally. upstairs. Totally, yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, and it took up about a third or a fourth of the room. It was, you know, small room, huge yeah. chunk of furniture, and uh, so back then I was able to tune into WLS radio out of Chicago. WLS, right? And so back then. You know, in the mid-70s, early, early to mid-70s, 74-ish, I guess it would have been, 75 maybe. So just great singers, yeah. songwriters, like everybody in that era. You know, I was listening to like 10cc. I had never heard any of this stuff yeah. before. You know, listening to, you know, Jackson so, Brown. So what was mom and dad listening to? What were they putting on that turntable when you were nothing? Grown? Really? We didn't have records. No music? No. Was this just family choice preference or was yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there was no music. See, I grew up in a, uh, a, you got a few years on me. I was born in 66. Okay. But I'm the youngest of six. So I was absorbing what my older brothers and sisters were were playing, you know, Mm -hmm. so. But my, both my mom and dad, very, very big music fans. 
My mom very deep from, you know, Sinatra and the big band mm-hmm, era. Mm-hmm. And then my dad had an extreme wide mix from show tunes and soundtracks to old country, you know, the old the early Johnny Cash and, and Buck and, Owens. And yeah, all that, all that stuff. stuff. Yeah. Up to what what we woke up to off of our hi fi set. It wasn't quite the big the big furniture one, but on an early Saturday morning, he worked nights, so mm-hmm. he he was not up early during the week. But mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, he'd wake up early, and we would. And I'm gonna butcher it because I don't know how to say it. The um, 2001. Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey. What is yeah. that? The also's whatever. I forget what that theme is, but he would blast that at 11 uh, at 7 o'clock Sunday morning. That's how we would wake up. It was either that, but also Space, I forget what Spock, whatever it's called, the the theme of 2001 Space Odyssey. It was either that or uh, Julie Andrews running through the hills are live with the sound of oh, music. Oh, the sound of music. And, and at, at the neighborhood could hear it. So <laughs> we had a, a really good... Uh, influx of a wide variety of music mm-hmm. so you're coming out at 12 13 yep yep tuning in the radio that was not tuned into music for the first exactly. dozen years of your life and, and i would remember this so my dad's my my mom and dad's bedroom was directly under ours in this <laughs> farmhouse dad would take a broom and hit <laughs> the ceiling of their bedroom for me to turn it down it's like boom Boom. It's like, well, so I'd turn it down. So then what I would do is I'd just bring up the pillows close to the speakers and keep it real quiet. Yeah. But I was listening to music and it really had a huge effect on me. And then a couple, uh, a year and a half later, you know, this was the seventies. So girls popped in (laughs) and weed and it was just like, there we go. And it's like, you know what? That'll be enough to bump you off the farm. It's like, I'm not going to be a farmer. When you're listening, what was it? Would you say W? WLS Radio. WLS yeah, Radio. Yeah. What were some of the what? What made it? You mentioned a couple of bands, but what? Mm-hmm. What were some of the ones that really punched you in the gut? As you a know 13 what? Year old? Edgar Winter, Frankenstein. Ah. That was killing me. Um, like I say, I'm not in love by 10CC. Um, I only had one girlfriend, maybe up to that yeah. point already. But that song broke my heart, and I knew how much your heart could be broken in a relationship. <laughs> so it broke my heart before my heart was even broken. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and it, you know, to this day, I still perform, you know, that song on piano, and uh, it's still, you know, it's like a time machine. It takes yeah, you back. Yeah. You hear some of these old, you know, and I, I do a lot of cover material along with my originals. Yeah. But each of them are just part of your life, you know. They take you back to a certain point, yeah. a certain time. You know, and, uh, and it's amazing how that'll do. You'll, you'll hear the first couple of chords or something, and you're immediately taken back to, you know, for me, Palmasia mm-hmm. Park on a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and you start hearing the, the wisps of war coming through somebody's boombox, you know, yeah. something like that, or yeah. whatever, whatever that, that song is that immediately transports you back in time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a a great memory or that heartbreaking, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's amazing how that'll do. And there's not too many things that can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, so in my store, um, one of the things I do is I sell vintage vinyl. You know, old records from from basically the stuff that I really like. You know, and I also carry stuff that I know that other people would would dig as well. And, and I'm gonna show. Keep, keep talking. I'm not ignoring you. I'm sure. pulling up a text that I sent to my older sister. Uh huh. Um, 
while you were working with your customers. Okay. And she says, I'm pretty sure that's my copy. Oh, the Partridge <laughs> family. Because you know what that is cool. I love the Partridge you know, family te- when I was a kid. Teenage girls. Yeah. In uh, you know, so I was exposed to that when I was seven or eight. My yep. sisters were 14, 15. Yep. And David Cassidy and yeah. uh and Donnie Osmond. And uh, you, know, you what? know and that was one of my first ways to get exposed to music was the monkeys, who I dug. When I was in elementary school, you and know, then the Partridge family, you know, don't. Susan Day was so hot. You're like, oh, look at it, your older sister <laughs> there, buddy. You know, and they get a bad rap that, for music because it's not, it's not, you know, they're they're not rewriting orchestras. But yeah. Yeah. there is a song that I still I play for my son who's uh-huh. twelve, and I don't remember it from any of the shows or anything. It's on YouTube, and I'm I, I'm it's anyway. It's uh, maybe I'll do it on like an intro of this or something. It's uh, Mickey Dolan singing. At at a monkeys concert, okay. Uh, is it down? I think it's just called down. It's okay. like a real fast paced, jazzy number, and he's huh. dancing around this black stage with a red light on him, and it's just it's an incredible song. Yeah, yeah. Crazy horses, Osmonds. Yep. I don't, I don't care who wrote it, who played the instrument. That's a good song. Yeah, well, you know what? A good song. With all of those things, they had. Uh, it's called the Wrecking Crew. So yeah. These awesome L.A. Studio, studio musicians, musicians and the writers, just, yeah. just murder, you know, the songs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I was going to say with the albums, like your sister said, I'm sure that's my copy <laughs> of the Partridge family, right? People, and here's what music was so special about music. People will pick up an album and it takes you back to yeah. that. Yeah. You're like, oh, I used to have this album. And they're just in love with it. No one would ever do that to a CD. No one would ever pick up a CD and look at the little teeny weeny cover and go, oh, I remember yeah. the first time I heard this. But albums, And if they do, something's wrong with them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. But, you know, albums do that. And music does that. And, and you get a double album with the liner notes. Yeah. That was high journalism. Yep. You know, and they would get the best writers to do some of those. Sure. From Rolling Stone and stuff. And when you... You open up everyone when CDs first came out, especially you could get when they'd have a little book in them or something, you know, yep. a little booklet. Yep. But that's now 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 what's a CD? Everything's yep. downloaded, exactly. which is great because it's a way to get your music out there. But they've which lost we'll they've lost yeah. a certain function of music, and so thank God albums are starting to come back. Yeah. They're not coming back correctly, I don't think, but uh, but they are coming. What, back. what do you mean by that? What do you? Well, vintage vinyl. So here's the difference with old vinyl versus new vinyl. Um, so vinyl carries the entire spectrum, the entire bandwidth of music, uh-huh. and it's very deep and very rich. Um, CDs carry a li- it's it's different. It's a digital sound is so much different than analog yeah. sounds, right? So what they're doing with albums nowadays is they're taking the digital stuff that they would normally press on a CD and they just and just put it on vinyl. Put it on vinyl. You, just you, you know, I, and I never quite understood that because I don't have the ear. And mm-hmm. I've talked with, I've had Ted on this podcast, Ted okay. from Prescott Pro Sound, yeah. Ted Leonard. And he was explaining the analog difference in even the, the, the processing of, of not just the violence, but the way it would come through the soundboards and things. Yeah. Whole different. I don't, I can't hear that. I don't, it, to me, I, I don't have the ear for that. Yeah. Um, and I don't hear the difference. I can hear the pops and the hisses on an on an on an album, sure. but I'm not hearing the depth that you're you're talking about. So he explained it to me, mm-hmm. and it immediately made sense yeah. as a photographer. Yeah, starting. Yeah, no, you know seeing, what? With seeing the um, CDs, film, they're very harsh. Yeah. Like my ears can feel that harshness. Yeah, and if I'm mixing 
you know, one of my CDs or other people's CDs because I produce other people's as well. You know, after a while, just having the headphones on, it really yeah. harshes out your ear. He, he explained versus analog. It, he explained it to me in in photographs. You can I can see a photograph sure. that's done on film mm-hmm. as opposed to one that's printed. Mm-hmm. It's a print, but from digital. It's almost too crisp. Mm-hmm. It's almost too clean. Yep. And that's why we, as photographers, have these filters and these apps for Photoshop that add film grain. And they add the Gaussian blur to mm-hmm. make it not so crisp, to make it look like the film I used to mix in the laundry room at home, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. when he explained it to me that way, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I now understand it. I can't distinguish it because my ears aren't in tune to it. Mm-hmm. But now I understand what he was getting at. And it's, it's a huge difference yeah. from the old... Uh, vinyl to a MP3, you know, oh, or a wave file. That's, that's another whole thing. Yeah, the compression and everything. And I've learned yeah. a little bit about with dealing with the podcast and stuff, just the different compressions and things. Yeah, but. and you know, it's the modern world. I mean, that's what we've yeah. got to put up with. Is you know, unless you're pressing records, and Steve Vai, um, who I've seen before mm-hmm. at the Nam Show, so he just put out a new record, and it's on vinyl. So God bless Steve nice. Vai for doing that because In I true think he's, vinyl, true not, vinyl, not the digital just press. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so God bless him. Well, and, and again, we're we're going to get into 2020 okay. into your album, but again, talking about the store being transported back by sight and sound. We got the you got the music off now, but it's been going, uh, you know, all probably from the time you walk in to the time you walk sure, out. Sure. But visually, I'm looking at yellow submarine action figures and and vintage albums out there i'm sure a lot of the artwork in here is 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 not just reproduction stuff there's some oh, original because no. i'm looking at some of these that say not for sale yeah yep. <laughs> this is from the tommy collection it is but you walk in here and everything from uh local and national um uh, uh flyers and posters to homemade stuff we didn't talk about columbia house uh-huh. Because that's how a lot of us, growing up in the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, found music. That's how I found it. Legally or illegally. Yep. In my opinion, Columbia House was just a precursor of Napster. Because we were downloading, we were getting that music for free. I was telling Tommy. (laughs) That's a good way of looking uh, at it. Yeah, I was telling Tommy, all of my pets growing up had first and last names because Columbia House didn't care. You you just needed a a first first name, last name, and an address, and a penny taped to your Sunday form. Remember that? Remember that? (laughs) So all of my dogs over the years had great taste in music, and then later on they transferred their collections from vinyl to CD. But he's got it's it's Jesus looking over the Columbia House logo. It says, "You still owe Columbia House for the thirteen cassettes you got for a penny in '77." Yep. Yep. <laughs> but this store is a time capsule of music and pop culture for uh, for more than two generations. You know, there's mm-hmm. some stuff going back. You got a, a beautiful Life magazine with the Fab Four on it, and then. Five feet over is Tommy Rocks framed himself in that. Uh, in that, what's that? What's that? I like that album art. You've got it on your website, but what is that from a show or is that an album cover? You know, no, that is from a show. In fact, I was playing uh, in Prescott for a fundraiser, and a good friend of mine, Joe Hammett, snapped that mm-hmm. picture. 
So that was right after I had gotten off stage. Beautiful shot. And that's a, a poster from last year. So last year, I did a tour in California with Jim Sobo and Becky Dalkey. Yeah. And then Becky. I got back, and then I was uh, playing in Colorado. So that's my Colorado show uh, from last, last season. And we want to talk again. We're going to get to 2020. We're going to get there, Tom. <laughs> but I'm sitting next to a display, and you got to... Correct me and explain why hmm. I grew up as ukulele, and it is ukulele. It's ukulele. Why? You know what? So it's because it, one's correct and one's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a Hawaiian word. And yeah. think of this: anytime you hear someone butcher names, it drives you crazy. Like when people come to Prescott, Arizona, you're like, "It's Prescott." It's Prescott. <laughs> it's not Prescott. It's Prescott. Right? Same thing. It drives. Hawaiian's crazy when you say ukulele, or ukulele. No, u- ukulele. Ukulele. Yeah, so it's ukulele. When you say it like, when you say any word like I do, it drives people crazy. <laughs> I have, uh, I do not have a grasp of the English language, and it's my mother tongue, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the fascination? What drew you to the uk? Ukulele. You know, so probably, well, from 2006 to 2009 in Phoenix, so I had a, a real big Beatles band, and, uh, you know, with just about everything in my life, I just fell into it. It was just right place, right time. Threw together this great band called Ringo McLennanson. And, <laughs> I love and it, it. It's, it sounds I good, love it. but I tell you what, uh, when they're printing it or typing it or putting on marquees, yeah. like when you played Mesa Art Center, that kind of stuff, they always mess it up. Or TV shows, they're like, Ringo McBlah, blah, blah. What, what was that Tom Hanks movie, the... Uh, um about the the group from the mid '60s. Um, oh, he did. A, Tom Hanks did a movie. Hmm. The band was the Wonders, but they spelled it O N E. Oh, okay. The Wonders, and they were always introduced as the Oneaters. Oh, okay. sure. So same, See, same. that's the same thing. Yeah. That thing yeah. you do. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. No, Is and this? you know, and so I, you know, so I'm, you know, I put the band together. I'm, um, you know, did everything. I'm the the singer. You know, band leader, guitar player. Um, and so I wasn't playing ukulele at that time. And George Harrison is a huge fan of I, ukulele. I, that's what I was pulling up. You've got something on the uh, entrance of your, of your, uh, of your shop here. Yeah. And it's that every, everybody should have and play a uke. And it's that, where did you get that? That's why when you start talking about the Beatles, yep. your Beatles band, what, what's, the, what's the background of, of that letter? Well, you know, so this is um, a reproduction yeah. of a letter that he wrote, right? But he was a huge, he was, he was one of the biggest proponents of ukuleles at the time. And, and so here's, I did not know that. Oh, Fascinate. sure. Oh, yeah. So he grew up, he just loved him from, from a childhood. And think of this. Prior to Tiny Tim, which everybody knows yeah. Tiny Tim, right? Prior to that, everybody was playing ukuleles. So they were huge in the 1920s. Yeah. You know, 1910s into the 1920s, everybody was playing them. 1930s, Great Depression. So no one could afford guitars. So even Martin Guitar Company became Martin mm-hmm. Ukulele and Guitar Company. So during the Great Depression, they put out a ton of ukuleles. The 40s, you know, the big wars. Everybody was coming back from, you know, the Pacific Rim mm-hmm. playing ukulele. Um, 1950s, they were huge. And as you were explaining to your customer earlier, they travel well. Oh, they're Because they're, they're awesome. small. They're awesome. And, you know, even coming into the 60s, everybody was playing them. Jimi Hendrix was playing them. Really? Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison was a huge one. 
Um, everybody was playing ukuleles. And then here comes Tiny Tim and just wiped him off the face yeah. of the planet. You know. And so now they're, they're huge comeback. They're probably one of the most exciting instruments to come back around. And, you know, they've been around 100 years now. Everybody's playing them. You can play anything. I do Frank yeah. Zappa on these. No, and and on, on your website, which, again, we want to remind people, TommyRocks.net. Yeah. Uh, and through your YouTube channel, which is blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I don't hit Tommy Rocks. No, that's the uh, to, yeah, Tommy net. Anderson. You Tommy can. Anderson's YouTube channel. It's Tommy Rocks. Tempe. Well, that was my exactly. old one, and now it's okay. just Tommy oh, okay. Anderson. Tommy yeah. Anderson on the YouTube yep. channel. Yep. So there, you, you've got some great ukulele covers of some the, the soundtrack of our life. Oh, some, sure. Be, some Beatles on there, sure. some others. Fantastic sure. stuff. Yeah. And you know, I'm really uh, honored. So I sell what's called Kala ukuleles. Well, I've got like eight different uh, companies uh -huh. that I sell their stuff. But Kala is my favorite. That's what I play on stage. And... Um, so they made me what's called a Kala Ambassador in December. So oh, I'm nice. listed on their website, a Kala Ambassador, with some of the world's best players. So people from India and Spain and Portugal and you name it, the UK. Um, and then, yeah, so and then I'll be playing at their booth at the NAMM show this year. So. Now, you, is that the, the, the manufacturer you were explaining, that you're the, the only one in the, in the continental U.S.? That no, sells? that's another one. So that's oh, okay. a, a company called Kumu. And they're made in Hawaii. And, and you were here when I sold the Kumu yeah, ukulele yeah. today. And I love those. I've got a couple of them. You might sell another one. Customers just came in. <laughs> okay. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Heck yeah. But no, you know what? So, so one of the first, when I first started playing ukulele, um, like I say, around 2008-ish maybe. Yeah. Um, so I saw the concert for George right after George Harrison mm -hmm. had passed away. And we're watching it. And at the very end, here comes a guy named Joe Brown that did this song called I'll See You in My Dreams. And it just made me cry like yeah. a little girl, right? And so it's like, I need to get a ukulele. So I got my first one. You know, within a couple of weeks, I wrote a song that was just, it's gotten me famous now, believe it or not, ukulele. Um, so I made the cover story of Ukulele Magazine. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they published me a couple times. In you, you got some questions? Would you like to say hi to the radio yeah. audience? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys from? We're from here. From from oh, yeah. Jerome or from Arizona? From Arizona. I Camp saw Verde. Camp okay. Verde. Nice. Okay. Just right down awesome. down the highway. I saw the Scottsdale on your t shirt, so I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, just let me know if I can do anything. We're just we're just chatting it up here. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> See put a microphone. It's like Yeah. Say hi. Yeah, my, they actually stopped me outside and they said, hey, can you go in there and distract Tommy? We're going to shoplift. <laughs> OK, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, you started, correct me if I'm wrong, did you start the, the Jerome Ukulele Orchestra? Orchestra. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, so kind of the and, you know, the story behind that is so I'd been playing Jerome, the spirit room and yeah. playing all over up here for for quite a few years. And uh, so when I moved up here eight years ago, I noticed that people really weren't getting along with their neighbors. And it's like, you've got to love your neighbors, you know? I mean, you do. you got to love, put out love to everyone. So I figured, what's the best way to do it? I'll just get everybody together down at the restaurant called The Bordello. Mm -hmm. And I brought down a bunch of ukuleles. I created a flip chart. Um, I got everybody down there. And in the very first 30 minutes of people ever touching an ukulele, and I had handouts and, you know, yeah. I used to be a teacher, so handouts and all kinds of stuff. 
and I had everybody teaching everybody each, you know, each other sitting side by side. But the first song we did was Isn't It a Pity by George Harrison, which is yeah. so easy to play on ukuleles. You know, it took me a while to figure out that it was that easy. And everybody's doing Isn't It a Pity. And we did like four or five songs. Bless you. We did four <laughs> or five songs that first, first night. And then the last page on the handout was like, well, what do you guys want to do? Because it's not for me. Yeah. You know, this, what do you guys want to learn? And I thought it was going to be, well, I didn't know what it was going to be. But I didn't expect what I saw. So this is Jerome, and it's a funky town, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at it. Talking Heads, The Cure, Johnny Cash, <laughs> Zeppelin, Beatles, you know, just, you know, The Clash. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, we can do that, right? And, and dang if we didn't. So then about a month and a half later, I, I was doing a solo gig up here at the Spirit Room. Actually, I think I was playing with Dave Rents on drums. So Dave and I. And I told the guy, everybody in... It's like two weeks from now, I'm playing the spirit room. Yeah. And I'm going to get you guys on stage and we're going to do some music. And so within a month and a half of never even touching an instrument, here they are on stage. Yeah. Then the bug got to them. You know, they got bit. And it's just like, let's do that again. It's like, well, blah, blah, blah. So then we started doing some local things. Um, and pretty soon we're doing festivals, TV shows, parades. Yeah. You've gotten some great press on that yeah we, tv appearance yeah we got america's got talent contacted me about eight months into it and said hey we, we want to get you down in audition so we got through two levels of uh, auditions the first song we did was one of my songs that one that got me kind of famous called it's party time and then they were so impressed by us and i had 20 people and then so the second they said what else you got so uh, my friend jeff uh who does vocals with us as well try this one on for size and we went into should i stay or should i go by the clash <laughs> and we just killed them we just mowed the lawn it was just like nice. hello they were so blown away and uh, you know and we didn't uh, get you know the next step would have been go to la and get paid per diems and stay yeah, in hotels yeah. and i you know it never happened which is good because i'm a busy working musician but uh but like i say pretty soon television shows parades festivals nice and uh, and now COVID came through, and so we haven't met you well, know, since and, then. And that brings up the 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 theme. Ooh, sorry, mm. of what what we wanted to talk about mm -hmm. because when COVID hit, specifically for performers, mm -hmm. specifically for musicians yeah. that make their living off of live performance, yep. which you do, you I know do. that, and and the store, the retail store. Okay. That was <clears> when people took time off yeah that's what forced or 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 chosen yeah because performance was was done i i do a lot of work with a lot of the comedians here in in arizona mm -hmm. and and california and and you know live shows went away so they went you know some people were doing zoom shows or mm -hmm. virtual shows of some kind and and music especially in jerome mm -hmm. uh the, and then Clarkdale, the 1012 down the highway here mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. over the hill in Prescott. Yeah. The the economy was driven by live performance a, in a lot of aspects. That and then the surrounding restaurants and bars that feed off of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when others are, okay, I got no outlet. You know, maybe I'll write. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. do this. Maybe I'll do that. You did what? You put out seven. <laughs> yeah, in, in two years, I did seven <laughs> albums. And uh, yeah, that's not how a pandemic's supposed to go, Tommy. What no. <laughs> and and you know, so uh, I had recently got married to my beautiful wife Joan, <clears throat> and 
so I had a recording studio at my house, and I, I knew before we moved into our house that we, we bought, right at the pandemic, yeah. right before it hit, um, that I had to get these albums finished. So the album we're going to do today, so I finished it on December 19th of 2019. And so the album is called 2020. And so here's what it was supposed to be about. Clear vision, foresight, 2020 vision. Even on the back cover is a picture of me at the optometrist with those things. that has got like, you know, 20 yeah. eyeballs on it. And even the CD itself is the iris of an eyeball. So it's a close-up of an eyeball. So it was supposed to be about clear vision, foresight, right? In hindsight, it's the worst name you could ever give to a record. Right? As and, the year. Yeah, yeah. Because, because so I was working really hard doing a bunch of shows, um, and even leading up until March 17th, when we started getting everything canceled, um, you know, I'd done three shows back to back, three big ones. And, uh, and then everything just fell flat. So I had these four albums, you know, that I had printed and mailed to me, had all this stuff to put out and no way to put it out. Yeah. And uh, so we're, I'm just getting around to it now. <laughs> you know, so we're doing like a virtual release, I would say, for this, yeah. this CD now. It's it's one of my favorite CDs because it's it's a good rocking CD, you know. It's one of my favorite CDs. But like I say on stage, you know, it's got the worst name. <laughs> it's my favorite CD with the worst name. Yeah, you know. So L- let's talk about one specific track on there. We were talking about it off mic, and I wanted to end that conversation because you know we got to save it for when we start recording. Okay, old man. Yeah. So, old man is a song. beautiful, beautiful Thanks. song. Thanks. And I, I, I get, I, I, I really love the storyteller aspect of of music and of mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. And Me I too. often will, uh, you know, pr- before I knew what a music video was, growing up listening to, you know, the eight track with my headphones on. Yep. All the lights off, and I would make these little movies in little my movies. head of what the sure. song was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, huh. oftentimes then I would read an article or read the liner notes or something and find that it's completely not what was in my head. But it belonged to you. Well, that yeah. Story I had my own. Yeah. yeah. And then I was always disappointed when I found out every song was not autobiographical. Autobiogra- bio- <laughs> it was like, Who's, that's just a character I wrote. No, no, it has to have happened to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so I love reading lyrics. And that's at, at your website again. Let's say what it is. TommyRocks.net. All the track, every pretty much everything you've done is available there. Links to some videos, downloads for entire albums yep. and tracks, singles and CDs. Uh, so and buy some CDs, buy some albums. There's, there's, I think. What did you have? How do you have it worded? It's like pay what you want or something along those yeah. lines. <laughs> and you know what? So once again, that came around because of the COVID. Because I knew that a lot of people yeah. were hurting, including myself and the other musicians. So what I did is I just put up. Pay what you like. Yeah. Right? And With some suggestions on there and some and some some ballpark figures. You know, well, that's if they actually yeah. want to buy a physical CD. So physical CDs is uh, $20, which includes shipping and handling, which yeah. is, costs about four and a half bucks to, to mail them. But, uh, but, the, um, but yeah, you know what? Because here's the thing. People are wonderful. I trust everyone. And so people, if, if they need to take it for free or they want it for free, fine. Because yeah. the internet, you would have got it for free anyways. Yeah. Most people, though, they pay $5 the original for a Napster. Columbia House. Columbia House, original <laughs> Napster. So, and again, what I what I love about your site is you've got 
quite a few of the tracks that you list the lyrics on there, and you can yeah. play it as you're reading. So what I what I like to do, getting wrapped up into the story aspect, is when I can find lyrics, I'll pull I, I pulled those up and I read them, and in my head I start thinking, how's this going to sound? The tempo, the 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 mood of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm reading the lyrics to Old Man, and I love it. I love the lyrics. I'm yeah. th- in my head though. It was something completely different when I clicked on it and then started hearing the just dirty blues that yeah. you had going through. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Completely flipped what I had in my head. And then when it, the third time listening to it, I'm like, yeah, there's no other way this song could have been done. This is fantastic. <laughs> awesome. What, give, give me a little a little history of what that what motivated you to write that what what does that song mean to you well you know that one is completely autobiographical and so at my house i have a picture a black and white photo um back in the day they would um airplanes would fly over the farm and they would take pictures of the farm and then they would have salesmen come around to sell this picture of your farm to you (laughs) right and it was a thing, you know, from the early 70s. It was, uh, you know, that's what they did. And I've got a picture of my old man standing out in his fields all alone, which, so it started with a picture in my mind. And by the end of the song, it wraps up with me. I see myself on the city streets all alone. Yeah. You know, my friends and my family are far away back home. And the one thing I learned, you can never go back to the farm. You never get a second deal once the dice have been thrown. Yeah. And my wife loves this song. It ends with a line that I don't know where it came out of, but everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. She loves that line. And, uh, you know, so it's a story about, you know, me taking off from the farm, finding my way. <clears throat> and once again, once you leave the farm, you really can't go back. Yeah. Um, I don't fit in with the farm <laughs> life anymore at this point of the game, right? Just beautiful, though. Yeah, I love it. And then again, like I said, completely not what my pea brain was, my non musical <laughs> brain was expecting. Uh huh. But oh man, you just know, and that's pretty. That most songs, when I write them, um, they go pretty quickly. I can typically, I write songs really quickly. Do, do you have a formula for doing it? Like, do you start with the lyrics and then form a melody, or is it melody yeah. first, or is it just whatever comes into your heart and mind? You know what? It so it's different. I would say on this song, the rhythm guitar part is what wrote it. I did this little mm-hmm. walk down, and it's like no one's ever done that. I think the first thing I always think of when I'm doing a song is I never want it to sound like other stuff that I've done or like anything else that anyone else has ever done. Because I, and, and that's very evident. Because I was bouncing around some of your older stuff and mm-hmm. and some of the Ook stuff, and mm-hmm. and then your newer stuff, the 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 ones that you just released. And while you definitely have a style, there are very different genres, genres. going through yeah. those those releases that yeah. you have. A bunch of different, and then your take on your covers are are very unique. Thanks and beautiful. So you know what? Um, and I do like the blues, but I don't play the blues. And this is the only blues song I've ever written. So this one would be considered blues. And like you say, it's kind of swampy. I, I played the rhythm guitar on an old nineteen twenty seven. Uh, guitar that I have and the harmonica I blasted through a Fender amp yeah so it really has got some grit you know and uh man it shows too man it's uh that's one like I said the third fourth time listening to it over the last couple of days was all during the day okay because I was working at my desk and stuff yeah and I've already 
picked some. There's going to be probably tonight or maybe tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. All the lights are going to be off in the house. I'm going to have my headphones in. I'm going to listen to it again because I know it's going to have a different. It's going to move me in a different way in the pitch black of my office. Yeah. And like you say, you know, that's interesting that you say songs make movies in your mind. But I think in order for that to happen, it's got to have like some kind of storyline. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I think when I'm writing lyrics, and sometimes I do lyrics first and I find the chords, um, you know, it's, it's different every time. But, uh, you know, I, I see the overall thing. It's like I want to start here and I want to end up here. So I just got to just write the words in the middle. And, and touching on that, I want to, uh, we're going to, I'm going to, remember I told you, I go in tangents. I'm mm -hmm. going to veer off a little bit. Sure. Because no, it's that's, a much earlier to. song of yours. I forget what time, you, what, what date you told me you wrote this one, but we titled Jerome. Oh, yeah. That's on my Evolve album, which, you know, up until these last couple of years, that was my favorite album. So it's called Evolve. And when I think Jerome, mm -hmm. as having come through here for work and as a tourist and bringing, mm -hmm. you know, when family comes to visit, yeah, we're going to go to Jerome. I, this is how I describe it. What's Jerome like? Well, you know, you give them the, the, the Chamber of Commerce version. It's an old mining town mm -hmm. that now is a, turned into an artist colony in the 60s. And now it's still got that feel, the artsy feel, but the Old West history in your head, you start thinking, what would that soundtrack sound for the town? When I first visited here, and you may know this area, there's a small seaside town just south of Santa Cruz in the uh, Central California coast called Capitola. Okay. And it's it's hilly, and there's one of those, it's like a mountain stream that ends, ends up at the beach, and they do a begonia festival every year, and they float these floats made out of begonias mm. from the, but it's the the town itself, I've got some pictures of it. I don't have any with me, but it's it looks like Jerome. Mm -hmm. It's the houses are all kind of weirdly shaped, and they're all different colors, pinks and greens and blues. Yeah. And and when I first came to Jerome in '04, our first trip here, I looked. I said, "That's Capitola without the beach. Mm -hmm. Not what you would consider an old Western mining town." No. And then when you think of what would a song called Jerome be, you're thinking maybe it's like, uh, you know, knowing the history of the town, it might be like the soundtrack of a wagon coming into town. <laughs> and Jerome, your song, immediately took me back to a beach town. Oh. Just the light, summery spring, bright colors. Yeah. And bright colors and Old West don't necessarily go together mm -hmm. in most people's mind, in my mind anyway. And when I heard that song, it was very uplifting, and it's a very springtimey mood, which is, again, what I don't associate with an Old West mining town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then listening to the music and, and the lyric, listening to the song, I'm like, no, that's, that's Jerome. That's exactly what Jerome mm -hmm. is. How how did you write that? How did how did that come to be? You know, so that one was the chords first. So I was playing in the key of D, and I figured, what if I just go down a minor third, and then I take it down a fourth, and then up a minor third again from that. <clears throat> so I did a D to a B minor to an F sharp minor to an A, and that really sounded good. And then the words, you know, I'm I'm in love with Jerome. This is yeah. I love this town, love this town, and uh, you know, so. It was about running away. It's one of my running away <laughs> songs again, right? <laughs> and about running away from, you know, Phoenix, coming up here, find a little bungalow, 
We'll get three kitties and a dog. We'll yeah. hang out in the spirit room, watch the sunrise in the morning. You know, and some uh, kids run away and join the circus. Tommy runs away and joins the hippies. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. And you know, so a, a real big influence on me musically and personally, and just through friendships and everything. So there's a band called Major Lingo, and they're from yes. Jerome. You were telling me about them, and then I I noticed you got a guitar up on top. Yeah, and then right next to it, the the flyer. That was from their last, okay. uh, that flyer was from their very, very last show that they did. So they played for roughly about 30 years, and they're very young, feeling band, and they're a great dance band. They're kind of like ska, almost like desert Ooh, ska I got feel to them. And, uh, and once again, on top of being wonderful people, um, they're top-notch, top-notch musicians. So when I wrote that song about Jerome, it's like, well, I got to get major lingo on this. So what I got is a guy named Tony Bruno playing um, pedal steel, and he's the best in America, I, I think, and everybody, I think, yeah. thinks that. Um, Daryl Eichard uh, playing bass, and Daryl now plays with Laurie McDonald. Okay, I was going to say, I know that name. Yep. Okay. Steve Botterweg on drums, and he's also plays with Laurie McDonald. And uh, so the four of us um, doing that, and the song was produced by Steve Botterweg of Major Lingo. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful song. And uh, so I, last year I was fortunate to be um, on Arizona Highways television two different times. And one was a segment about Jerome. So that's the song they had me playing. And that's one of the videos that's on my website. Um, but that song just really, I, to me, it encapsulates everything I about Jerome. Absolutely What's beautiful it. about Jerome. Absolutely and, love it. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to 2020, which was okay. a... Fabulous CD, horrible year for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm got because I had another song I was going to ask you about, but we're going to keep that until, because I don't think it's on here. I'll, I'll ask you to dissect that one when we get to that. Okay. If, if we get to that, it's uh, Like I'd Like to nope. Like You. No. Nope. So, so that's a great song. That's, that, on this, that's on this record. It's on 2020? It okay. is. Okay. I'm yep. sorry, because what I was I was bouncing around your site, loving nope. everything. No, nope. okay. Can we talk about that then? Sure. I need to know the story behind that. Yeah, and so, it better be auto, autobiographical. I can't even say it, but it better be. It is. <laughs> so with the chord structures oh, there, on it's right there. I'm sorry. Yeah, with the chord structures on that song. Uh, so I had a recording studio in Tempe as well, and I've got a dear, dear friend of mine, great musician that I played with for 20 years on and off. Uh, his name Pete Gitlin. He's he sells internationally, um, and sadly we lost him during COVID here. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> but he came over to my studio and he goes, "Hey, here's a new song I'm working on." So he started doing some chords. I go, "That's wonderful," and I said, "I'm going to record it." So I recorded it, and I kept it for oh you, of him just playing it of for him you playing it. Gotcha. And then when I started listening to it, he ripped off my song. <laughs> called Love Me, which is on the Evolve CD. It's the yeah. exact same chords. He just added a couple chords in the middle. And then when I showed it to him, he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. I said, but hey, you wrote that. So it's called Inspiration, Yeah, yep. It's Inspiration. And so An I homage. Had, yeah, it is. And uh, so I gave uh, Pete also, you know, songwriting credits on this one. But uh, when I was knocking this record out, so I started knocking out in... Within probably 35 minutes, I had the song completely finished, the words, but not completely finished, almost finished. Then I was doing a television show in Prescott. And um, and so that morning, I know I didn't want to do anything that I've done yeah. before. I, I, I never like to be predictable. 
So I woke up at 6.45. Was this Sandy? Sandy. Sandy Moss. Sandy Moss. Uh, um, what was the name of What was the name of that TV show? I forget. It was It was a... Sandy it, Moss, though. Yeah. It was a feed then to the Phoenix stations. But sure. it was Yeah. So everybody... Dave Fone, who I worked with at the radio station at KQ&A, he was on there quite a bit as her co-host. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was with Sandy Moss. So I woke up. I stayed overnight in Prescott. Woke up at 6.45. Finished the song. Finished writing it. Because it wasn't finished yet. <laughs> yeah. 7.45. Talk about fresh music. Yeah, 7.45. I was at the uh, TV station setting up, and 8.45, we were live. And Sandy's talking to me, and we're, you know, she's great. Uh, we were chatting it up, and she said, well, Tommy's got a new song. Um, he would like to play for me. She goes, what's the name of the song, Tommy? And I just had named it. I go, like I'd like to like you. And she just flushed. Her face turned red. And she <laughs> thought it was going to be a naughty song, and it's not. And, I, uh, and let me read the description, because I love it. Yeah. Boy meets girl, boy likes girl, boy hopes that girl likes boy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking earlier. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Tom Waits fan because the okay. stories, he, mm-hmm. he's the best. Love his voice, hate his voice, whatever. I happen to love it. I know some people I play, especially his his more recent stuff not you know not the early years but i play some and they're like how can you listen to this how can you to me it's beautiful i love it but aside from that yeah i could read his lyrics as short stories and be mm-hmm. completely captivated yep and it what it immediately popped into my head when i heard your song was i hope i don't fall in love or i hope that i don't fall in love with you that tom Waits song okay okay He's, yeah. It's about a guy sitting at a bar, yeah. drinking his. I think he's drinking a Guinness, and he glances over, and the whole song is about him watching this woman, and I hope that I don't fall in love with you. I hope I can. And at the end, I think I just fell in love with you. Is okay, how it ends. Okay. It's one of my favorites oh. of his. And it, I'm listening to to, and I'm going to butcher it. What's the title? Like I'd like to like you, and that immediately popped in my head. I love <laughs> okay. it. Yeah, and it's the same kind of uh, this. I'm I'm falling in love. I wonder if you are as well. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? So I've got some falling in love songs. And my my other album that I just knocked out here called Harmony. It's a collection of different types of love. But on this one, you know, so I've got another song on here called Fourth of July. Yes. So I met my future bride on the Fourth of July. She came up to say hi to me. Your, your current or your future? Nope, my current. Okay, your current. current. Okay, I thought there was. I thought we have breaking news here. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Live on. (laughs) Like you to meet my future ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Um, So she came up to introduce herself. I was doing a show in Sedona on the Fourth of July, and uh, so we went out, uh, started dating like the following week, and within a week, I wrote this song for her called Fourth of July, and hook, line, and sinker. She somehow thought that I was awesome. And we became, you know, husband and wife. But how, uh, how is it to have a spouse to enjoy what you do for a living? You know what? It's I don't know what that's like. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's it's wonderful, and I know that it's challenging. Um, <laughs> and I would say this: I don't know if I could ever be married to a musician. Yeah. It's I don't think I could do it. It's it's just because you know what. I mean, you get everything and the kitchen sink being a musician. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's got to be challenged. But, you know, she, she loves me. She supports me. I love her. You know, 
And I, I was joking, of course. My wife, I think she likes me still. Yeah. We've been, so you've been married how, how, how many years? Three years. Three years. Yeah. We hit 20. What are we at? I should know this, huh? 27, 28 this year. Wow. And yeah. uh, um, I wrote a, I've been photo, a photographer and photojournalist for 40 years. That's, that's my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And when we were dating, she would go on shoots with me, you know, okay. whether it be a wedding and, you know, yeah. she, she would go and help me out or commercial jobs. Probably. As soon as we got married, she wouldn't want to. She goes, why do you, why would I want to go watch you work? You know what? And she goes, and at the time yeah. she was an admin for a Silicon Valley company. Okay. She goes, do you want to go and watch me type for yeah. eight hours a day? Yeah. No. She goes, yeah, I don't want to. I, when I was with the courier, I, I had a weekly column. I wrote a weekly column for. Eight years, oh. and she never once read. Never once read it. She goes, "I talk to you every day. Well, I don't have to know." It. <laughs> and it was kind of a humorous, mm-hmm. not true column, but mm-hmm. it was. It, it wasn't true to life, but it was you know a humorous twist on. Anyway, yeah. And uh, then our son was born in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, she did not realize I was writing, writing a column about being a new dad. If I was mid forties when he was born, okay, and. Uh, She's local grocery store in Chino. We only have one. I'm not going to say what it's called because they don't pay me for ads. But it's <laughs> it's it's a safe store to go to. No, <laughs> and she's pushing the cart with my year old son sitting in the cart, and some stranger walks up and he goes, "That's Anthony." Yeah, and she's looking. She's going, "Yeah, you must be Sandra." And she start, he starts telling about a vacation mm-hmm. we had just gotten back from because I had had my son's picture in the call, you know, in, yeah. the, in the story, and it was a story about us on the road. Yeah. And, oh, you guys, did you have fun on your vacation? And she freaked out. She came home. She goes, do you know this man? She, I said, no, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. He knew about our vacation. He knew Anthony's name. He knew my name. I said, oh, I wrote a column about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So then she uh, went online and pulled up all of my columns oh. and spent about four hours reading mm-hmm. five years worth of I slept on the couch that <laughs> night. <laughs> you told them about everything. Yeah. And I didn't do that. That's not that's a lie. It was for humorous Fiction. effect. You yeah. Know? And yeah, she was not happy about it. and she has yet to listen. I, I feel very free talking about this now because she has in what started this podcast in 2014. Okay. She has yet to uh, listen to an episode or <laughs> listen to me on my on my radio show on KQ and A. So yeah. and you know uh, what's it like having a supporting? <laughs> yeah. You know, and like you know, I've mentioned this uh, to my wife that you don't have to come to all my shows, right? Yeah. Because at first she, you know, she was coming to every yeah. show, and now not so much. Because for me, it is you know, it's going to work, but it's the best job in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not digging ditches. I'm talking to people on a microphone. I mean, exactly. what? <laughs> yeah, and you know, so it is challenging. I think the biggest thing for her is that she's, um, you know, very. I would say reserved, you know, she keeps to herself and is, and you know, as soon as she was with me, everybody knows Tommy Rocks yeah. around here and not, not sound like I'm tooting my horn. No, but, but it is. People yeah. know me, the long hair, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So. Well, we, we saw that just sitting here. 
you know, we're getting ready to plug these in. The mayor comes in, and then a uh, a, a guy who probably, I guess, he's busking on the street comes yeah. in with his guitar. Hey, Tommy, my string broke. And yeah. You're you're a known entity in the music biz, yep. and especially in Jerome. Yeah. So she got thrown right into it, and it was kind of a whirlwind. And you know, it took about a year for it to kind of settle yeah. down. And uh, you know, so and like I say, I'm sure it's not easy being married to me. <laughs> you know. I'm a handful, yeah. you know, and I always have been. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I was talking to um, her mother. Uh, so we just went to visit my mother-in-law this last week, and she was also an educator. And I used to be a teacher yeah. for 21 years. What did you teach? English. English. Of all okay. things, believe it or not. And, uh, and, uh, what, did, what did her mom teach? Um, you know, she taught everything, and then she became a principal, then she became oh, a superintendent. Gotcha. So she was a superintendent for a long time. And, um, you know, we were talking about the old report cards. So my mother saved all my report cards from third grade <laughs> on. And back then, they would have to write your grade for your very subjects. And then the teacher yep. would have to write a, a brief paragraph about you. I tell you what, I've still got these. Every one of them says... Well, Tommy sure likes to act up in class, and he sure pulls people off task. And if he would just settle down and focus. I, I was very vocal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if they would have said, you know, he will make a great entertainer someday. Yeah. So, so I've been like this since I was a kid, apparently. Yeah. He's you know. not going to be good as a banker. No. <laughs> That's not going to no. happen. Or a farmer. Yeah. Or right? a farmer. Yeah. 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 I don't think the farm life yeah. is cut out for him. I uh I I do some some stand up work and uh, some comedy, and my wife never went to see me perform, and I did it years and years ago, and then about five six years ago picked it up again, and she didn't even know I'd been doing it until about two years ago, just before pandemic. Mm -hmm. and she goes, mm -hmm. "Where are you?" She thought that I'm hey, I'm going to do a show, in Phoenix. she thought either I was going to photograph mm -hmm. or I was there doing a podcast. Yeah. And then uh, we're walking through Safeway one day, and I had performed at the Elks in Prescott. I did a, I was one of the comics on a show there. And we're walking through Safeway, and some guy walks up, don't know who he is. Hey, I saw you at the Elks the other day. Man, you were great. Dada, where are you performing? And he walks away, and she goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, I did a show at the Elks. Uh -huh. She goes, what? Like, t taking pictures? I said, no, I was doing stand-up. She goes, I didn't know you were doing that. <laughs> not that we have secrets for each other. Yeah. She's not interested. In, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. it's, 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 she's not a comedy fan in general. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I was doing a show in Prescott oh, just before pandemic. And much, just like my old column, much of what I talk about on stage is, you know. Based on a true story. Ba based on my life, my yeah. kid, my yeah. wife, you know, yeah. with a little exaggeration, obviously, yeah. for, for humor effect. And uh, a friend of mine was going to come. And he was running late, and you know, he, but he texted me and goes, "Hey, I'm I'm pulling up parking lot now." And I go, "Oh, we're just about to start." Unbeknownst to me, it was an all ages show. Unbeknownst to me, he brought my wife and son. So I I walk up. I hey, thanks for coming in. And I see them walking in, and I look, and I, some other friends of ours are there. They turn around, and my good friend of mine, Matt Hinshaw, he just starts laughing. He goes. There goes half your act right there because you can't. Yeah. It's a small room, bar show, yeah. you know, a restaurant show. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I go, you're, you're right. I, so I had to pull out my notebook. And I, okay, can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> so I, my first five minutes were 
basically all about the things that I can't do because of the person that just walked in the door. Oh, there you go. And uh, it was uh, an interesting way to fill 15 minutes of stand-up of d- describing what you can't do. <laughs> you know, and there is, I think, something to be said. Me being a musician, you being a comedian, you know, you're up there and you've got to take it on the fly. I mean, everything is that moment. You've got a, you've got time to fill. What and are you going to do? And that's one of the things that attracts me to music is... You're up there, you're flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah. And I do a lot of solo shows, which means it's just me, a microphone, yeah. a guitar, and an entire room. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, you've gotta you've gotta think on the fly. And uh and pull off small little miracles. Yeah. You know. So she likes Fourth of July though. She, she loves She the knows song. it's about her and, yep. and man, what a what a what an honor to have that. Such a beautiful song written about uh, about your relationship. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. What uh, what else? What other tracks you got on there that you want to let folks know about? Well, the second track is is that daydream, daydream, and how that started off is I was just I came up, you know, I was thinking of the line, "Life is but a dream." You know, merrily, yeah. merrily, 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 life is but a dream. You know, and then it just stuck with me, and then it made me th- think of this. People come into my store here, and they said, oh, this must be the dream working here. Yeah. And then I go, I leave the store, and I go to do a gig, and I got the dream life. And then I go home, and I fall asleep at night, and I dream again. And <laughs> the song is about reality versus dreams, and follow your dreams. Um, don't trust reality. <laughs> right? um, and then, so I started knocking it off, um, and it started off as an acoustic song. And then uh, my engineer left that day. And then I just grabbed my electric guitar and I started knocking out and I recorded it. First take, this killer electric guitar over the top of this thing. And it's very Pink Floyd-ish, I would say, Dave, you know, uh, David Gilmore kind of feel to it. But it's a killer, killer song. Yeah. And then my wife and I had only been dating two weeks, right? And I knocked that out and she's like, oh my God. And then I had to leave and go on tour with Jim Sobo. Yeah. So we'd only been dating two weeks. And then she had to fly to Maine, and I took off for California and did some shows with Jim Sobo. And, uh, yeah. So that was a really good time in my life. I was just cranking out songs just left and right. Yeah. Um, there's, there's times when you feel really productive, and you can really knock some stuff out. Like, even this last week, I'm feeling very productive. I did, like, five songs this last week. Oh, man. And so I just type them up. I can hear the chords. As I'm typing the words, I make the words kind of fit to the chords, to the melody. And, yeah, so that's that's a favorite. Um, you know, you talked about Old Man. I love that song. I've, I would say another favorite song, and once again, uh, it's the last song. It's called It's Raining in the Desert. So that was very much inspired by the band Major Lingo, mm-hmm. who I loved then and I still love. Um, awesome, awesome band. From and, Jerome and here. Inspired by and on on the the track right sure and so i've got uh, once again tony bruno is on pedal steel steve butterweg on drums daryl eichard's on bass on that um the song's got two chords two and a half it's two and a half chords it's it's not even a three chord song at all it's almost a one chord song (laughs) and but the lyrics you know just came to me and it came to me i wrote that song i was living in tempe and we had 144 days of no rain. And I remember that because the morning I woke up and it was raining, you know, they were talking about that. And I woke up one morning and it was just monsoon outside. And yeah. we hadn't seen rain for half a year. And 
five minutes, I wrote this song, and it's very, like, Native American kind of imagery. Yeah. Rain in the desert. It's powerful. It's just, it's a monster song. So I, I love that. And like I say, that's the last track on the record. Uh, the track right before that was my political song that I wrote, <laughs> which is really good. Uh, it's it's as good as Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And that is, I think. Welcome um, to the 21st century. Welcome to the 21st century. century. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's the way I see the world. And, and I, I personally am very non-political. Sure. I just, it gives me a headache. It's it just, does. Because I see the the frustration and hypocrisy on every side sure. of the aisle. It, it's almost like um, sports. It's like, yeah. this team is better. Yeah. No, this team is better. It's like, whatever. They're yeah. both teams. Yeah. And know. the, but I, I do understand and, and have strong empathy for people who, who are, are fighting their good fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. without knowing anything yep. about yep. your politics, sure. I am going to make an assumption and you can correct me if I am wrong, but I'm going to ma- make the assumption that you lean a little to the liberal side of things. Little to the left, I'm very centered, but l- leaning to the left. In I, I, Arizona, that can be a very uh, challenging it sure can. feeling to it have. It sure can. Especially in Yavapai County. Yeah. And it can be very... How, how have you... How have you personally, how has Tommy Anderson, not Tommy Rocks, how mm-hmm. has Tommy Anderson dealt with the last six years? You know what? Because it has been a very, and yeah. again, I'm not a political guy. I don't want this to be a political. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. As a human, how, have, yep. how has Tommy been able to adjust and to deal with the, the political climate that yeah. we have all had to live on? No, it's a good thing. And... Once again, you know, I've said this for years. Thank God everybody's not like me. Because <laughs> I tell you what, we'd, we'd be eating mac and cheese. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner the rest of your life, right? <laughs> Thank God there's other kinds of people out there. So one of the things is this one, like I say, this is a, a political song. One of the albums I just released this last year. So I did three more albums. And one of them is called Harmony. So what I do is yeah. I sing about it. And and that's, I think, one of the nice things about being a singer, songwriter, and a musician is I get to sing about peace, love, understanding. Even if, you know, if I were to get up on stage and talk and say my views, you know, half the room is going to throw rotten yeah. tomatoes at you. But you sing it to people. Yeah. And it just goes right in and sits in there. Like, for instance, one of the cover songs I like to end shows on, not every show at all, that's for sure, um, but is the song Imagine. I do a, yeah. a really nice version of Imagine by John Lennon on guitar, and that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's anti-religion, it's anti-government, it's anti-war, it's anti-blah-blah-blah, but people hear it, doesn't matter what side you're on, you're like, it's it pro, right in. pro-neighbor, pro-grabbing-the-guy-next-to-you-and-going-hey-let's-enjoy-this-song. Exactly. And actually, you had mentioned it earlier when you were talking about the, what you felt Jerome was like when you got sure. the orchestration together. Sure. Was, you know what, we got we got to get along together, love no matter your, what. Love your neighbor. And yeah. that's the beauty of, of even with myself not having an opinion on politics and mm-hmm. some people... Especially in the arts and the music community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's very, very far to one side. And then I deal with a lot of the local politics through the course of my job. Yeah, very uh, 
diverse on the other side. It's a wide range. But yeah. living in a small town, those are the same people that are you know next to each other. Kids are playing on the same league team, and they're playing on the same football team. You know, so it's 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 much different, obviously here in our area, Prescott and Jerome, than mm-hmm. it is in L.A., San Francisco, New York, Chicago, wherever, it is. Florida. You know, so we have that benefit of being able to then say, you know what. You go your way, I'll go mine, and let's go let's do some music together. Let's do it together. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so this album called Harmony, this other album that I knocked out, that's what it's about. And what I get to say on stage is, you know, when I grew up in the 70s, of course everybody was different. Of course they were. It was just like it is now. But somehow we all figured out how to get along. You know, back then there was old people and there was young people. The young people didn't want to hang out with the old people and vice versa. But aside from that... You get along with people. And then isn't it amazing that what was old is so... That was me 30 years ago. When it was, <laughs> you know, it was like, wait a minute. Old is very relative, and I have some very old relatives. So that's, <laughs> yeah. so we want to make sure everybody... I'm, I'm just going to run through these again. TommyRocks.net is the music website. Yeah. TommyRocks.com, the Jerome Music Store. And then Facebook, Tommy Rocker, Tommy Tunes Music. Uh, Tommy Rocks, Jerome, check it out before we leave. Yeah, because we want people to go check. Ignore the title; it has nothing to do. I didn't know that about it. it was the vision? Yeah, twenty twenty. It's not the year. It's the how you look at. It's things. about twenty twenty vision. How yeah, you look and at that you know that was and we were coming into twenty twenty. So I go, what a perfect time to do a record called twenty twenty. Yeah, you know. And yeah, oops. like I say, in, in, <laughs> oops, in hindsight, oops. But before, I want to spend some time talking about another song that I, it's not on the album. It's okay. something that is on your website, though, and there's a great video of it as well. Mm-hmm. Because you'd mentioned you, the touring you did with Jim Sobo. Yeah. I was sitting recording a podcast with Jim Sobo at the Raven in Prescott. Okay. And Bill Norton happened to be walking by. Okay. Well, I sure do. So, sure Bill, do. sit down here. Let's talk. He's and I jokingly said to him, I says, well, Bill, you're kind of like the mayor of Whiskey Row. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, no, I'm not. Because Bill, if, for those of you that don't know Bill, mm-hmm. Bill is a fixture at every live music event. He is. He is enjoying himself. He has uh, the music going through every pore of his body. Yeah. And a, just a fantastic man to talk with. Wonderful, wonderful human Great being. Great soul. And with Great a very soul. interesting backstory. Oh, that sure. I need to get him on a full hour yeah. of the show. Yeah, yeah. And he corrected me, and he says, no, 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 I'm not the mayor of Whiskey Row. Mm-hmm. That's Hoppy. Yeah. And as soon as he said that, I go, oh, yep, you're right. He go, and then he said, he goes, I'll be the ambassador to Whiskey Row or whatever. Yep. But he goes, Hoppy is the mayor. Yeah. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Hoppy had a rough 18 months, some injuries, yep. falls, some health issues. And just recently, uh, within the last month, we unfortunately we I'm and when I say we I mean the entire, the entire Yavapai, Yavapai County. Oh yeah. And yeah. the tourists that come through lost Hoppy. He yeah. he uh had some health issues that, that lingered and, and he and he unfortunately did pass away. Mm-hmm. And within minutes the tributes were going out, rightfully so. 
Um, I, there's a saying that I've heard whenever a, uh, you know, a celebrity dies and, you know, everybody's post is, oh, I'm crushed, Wh- whoever it is, you know, Kobe or whoever, somebody you never met. The term is, is, that I've heard is egobituary, where you make the obituary about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's a, it's a, you know, somebody you never met, somebody yeah. who didn't know you existed. Yeah. That was not the case because Hoppy touched everyone who has ever walked up and down those streets of Prescott or listened to live music. And in a positive way, when I was reading everybody's comments, and it it still almost brings me to tears. Yeah. Just profound love. Everybody loved Hoppy. And uh, And so making that, making our posts, which I did as well, and I shared... With Hoppy was not an ego because he did touch each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. I would have friends visit that from out of state, and you know, five six years ago, Hoppy was like the first. Hey, you guys got to meet Hoppy. They would seek him out when they would visit again. Yeah, and I was getting condolences from these folks that because I and I didn't know Hoppy the way that a lot of the musicians and a lot of the folks did. But I, you know, we, we were friendly and he was a, sure. he was definitely a whiskey row character. <laughs> hey, come on over. Come on, come on in. Come on, come on so, I'm out handing out vino cards. Do you need some? Sure. Awesome. I sure do. And then I'm also doing, we're having a drag show yeah. fundraiser yeah. Get on, get on, on the first. Plug it, plug at, no, it. you don't want to hear that though. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and who are you? <laughs> I'm Carrie Sorrells. Carrie Sorrells? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And where are you from? What? I'm just out doing some marketing for okay. Vino Zona. Vino yeah, Zona. I just got a place yeah. over in Talakapaki and then when okay. I get in town, nice. I'm yeah. tasting. You should go drink some wine. That's a buy one, get one free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All well, we're done here, Tommy. We <laughs> <laughs> all Very nice. Area? Yeah, over the, over oh, the okay. hill. Okay. Chino okay. Valley, Prescott area. No, so nice. Oh, it is. From it dirt is. to bottle, it's all easy. Very nice. From Very dirt nice. to bottle. From dirt to bottle. I That's like a good that. marketing yeah, little. Doing a radio show. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm not on the radio. It's yeah. not live. It's, it's we're recording. It's not up. It's not live. No, no. Okay, just real quickly, drag show fundraiser on the first at PJ's. For a local kid, his name is Gabe. He's not here in Jerome, but grew up um, down in Cottonwood. Okay. And we're looking for raffles, any donations you might be able to do. I don't have to interrupt your show, and I can come mm-hmm. back at another time. You can tell me no. I would say come back another time okay, once I we will. get this. Yeah. What radio station do I need to the, the, It's a podcast. It's called The Mile High Show, based out of The Mile High Show, and it's online. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll find it. That's good. Mile I'll have links from my website yes. over to your website. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Tommy's latest. As everybody else was slacking off during COVID, he comes out with seven CDs. <laughs> yeah, makes us all look bad. <laughs> and probably that I many didn't even, singles too. Yeah, I got a lot I, of singles. I had a ton of stuff out. that I needed to do around the house, but yeah, you can't get supplies, and that's why I didn't paint, and that's why he's putting out seven <laughs> CDs. Yeah. No, no, I just <laughs> I got a, got that. Got that hu- got that honeydew list I was supposed to tackle every yeah. and uh, nothing got tackled. Yeah. But I know yeah. I did work my way through uh, a very vast DVD collection. And I think that's a good accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. I think I just spent the whole time in the studio, so yeah. yeah. Well, well, thanks. Good. Good. Awesome. What is it again? Vino. Vino Zona. Vino Zona. Yeah. Good for you. She's there till seven, I think. Go drink some wine. 
It's just down by the Ghost City Inn here in town. 527 Main Street in Jerome, between Ghost City and Zen Mountain Gallery. So like just past the leather shop there? Yeah. 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 He's got to drive over that mountain, though, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and now back from our commercial break. Yeah. Hoppy. Yeah. You penned and performed a fantastic tribute. Oh, thank you. Ha- t- tell me the thought process that went into that. Well, I said the exact same thing that you said, that I don't know Hoppy as well as everybody else, but I loved Hoppy, and everybody loves Hoppy. Everybody yeah. did. Um, and like you say, being the king of the town, you know, the king of Whiskey Row, um, the mayor of Whiskey Row. So he reminds me, I used to be an English teacher, so he reminds me of Shakespeare's Falstaff, who everybody, you know, you love him. Which was in your description on the video. It, and it's in the lyrics. And yeah. I will fully confess, I immediately Googled, I knew it was a Shakespeare character. Yeah. I had to Google it immediately and say, oh, okay, yeah, that's perfectly fitting. Yeah. You know, he was... Um, you know, loved, you know, loved by just about everybody, yeah. including the son of the king, who is gonna not even follow in, you know, succession for the, you know, to become king later on. You know, he was hanging out with Falstaff in a bar and made appearances in what four? Yeah, yeah, four separate yeah. plays. Yeah, which was Hoppy. He made an appearance everywhere. Everywhere. And, and when he walked in the room with with Mandy, his his mandolin, Mandy. Yeah. Uh, that I only saw him playing on stage once in yeah. many, many years, but yeah. he was always playing I've only seen either him on the once. street or in the back of the bar or yep. just kind of bopping his head. And uh, when he walked in the room, it was, oh, Hoppy's here. Exactly. This is going to be a good night. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, the uh, like I say, everybody loved Hoppy. So I knew that he was in the hospital because I was following everything, you know, Thanks to yeah. social media. And again, thanks to Bill Norton, who was keeping Bill Norton, who the was... community updated with sure. accurate information. Because yep. there was some inaccuracies there was, there being was. spread. But, yep. but not malicious, just you know, misinformation. You know, yep, misinformation. People getting, hearing rumors. Yep. And uh, so you know what? Uh, I was in the studio that day. Because um, I've got, a, like I say, a recording studio over here as well. And so I just grabbed my mandolin. Three, four, five, six chords into it. It's like, here's this. 15 minutes later, I had the words sent. My engineer came over and I said, look, I want to record this song, yeah. which I believe it was. It was on a Tuesday because Wednesday I was going to come over and visit Hoppy. So, was it, so I recorded the song on Tuesday. Had it just about ready to roll. And then the next morning I needed to put a mandolin solo on it. So at 11.15 in the morning, I was doing a mando solo on this song. And I received a text that he just passed away as I was recording yeah. Which made me cry, right? So I finished that song and had it released that that afternoon. So up and running, I knocked out a uh, YouTube video for it um, and used photographs of a lot of different people and gave them credit when I could. Susan Johnson Johnson. had some amazing images. Yeah, she always does. She's the best. And a great library of hobby images. Yep. So I threw in, you know, all these pictures which really tells in pictures the story of Hoppy. Yeah. So not only hanging out and loved by all, but just funny, laughing. And that's key because that's definitely the what you got when Hoppy walked in, it was a good time. It was a good time. And yeah. When <coughs> excuse me, when you think about a song that's a a memorial mm-hmm. to this 
to this guy, this character of Whiskey Row, yeah. it could have gone very, very somber. And it could have been a very dark and, and moody. And mm. that's not what this is. This is just an up. This is Hoppy walking into a bar. It is. Is what your song is. It and perfectly it, embodies what he what his spirit was. And, you know, when I was uh, very fortunate to perform for his end of life celebration. On that Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the song ends with everybody raise your beer to Hoppy. And I, you know, clued in the audience before we started. But, uh, yeah, so when we finished the song, everybody was teary-eyed. We all raised a beer yeah. to Hoppy. And it should be a celebration. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a downer. I've never seen Hoppy down and depressed. I haven't personally. Hoppy it's always been a good thing. He, he was one of those guys. I didn't know if he was 50 or 150. Exactly. And then I learned a lot about him, his veteran status. Yeah. And his age, which now it escapes me, but he was much older than I thought. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, he looking at him is like I don't. He he could be fifty or one hundred and fifty. Yep. I I don't know, <laughs> nor do I really want to. It's kind of it's almost like not not meeting your heroes. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to know that much about Hoppy because I've already created that backstory in my mind. Sure. And you know, and, I think with myself and with other people. You remember the first time you met him. And oh, yeah. You, you, can't, you, you can't say that about many things or many people, but I'll never forget the first time I met Hoppy. Yeah. You know, we're all sitting around playing outside of Steve Warden's house. So Steve Warden, myself, Don Cheek, um, Drew Hall. Were some of those pictures used from that? No. Do you know? Okay. I don't think I we had. Sure. Because I, I there, were, there were a bunch in that slideshow from the same date. I, I could tell by what people were wearing and where they were looking. And uh, I was just wondering if that might have been it or not. Yeah. You know, I may have had some pictures in there. I would have to look at the video again. But uh, but I appreciate what you say about that because I didn't want it to be downer. I didn't want it to be about me. You know, it, I just wanted to express how I felt about Hoppy. And I loved him. I think Hoppy took, when he left, he took a little piece of each of us with him. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's never going away. I tell you what, Hoppy, he... And I'm not a woo-woo. I'm not a crazy person. But his <laughs> his spirit is going to remain in that bar because he was always at that same table. So yeah. when you walk in there, you're going to be thinking of Hoppy. And and credit to to Jill and, and the folks at the Birdcage. They yeah. set up a very nice um, what, what homage. You, like, homage to him yeah. in that will be there. And if we know anything about the Birdcage... Flame, fire, flood, nothing's going to kill the birdcage. So yep. that means Hoppy will be there <laughs> in that corner. Yep. And I'm very, very honored that one of my photos is largely displayed there. That's the, the big blow up of him playing there. Is it? Okay. Yeah, he was playing with Les Lyman, Leslie Earl Lyman. Yeah. And one day, that was one of the times that I saw him play on mic. Yeah. Les, Les was doing a show at the old Brick and Bones when it was Brick and Bones. Yeah. And one hopefully the, people remember yeah. the line in the song. So when we think about you, we'll raise our beer yeah. and call out your name, Hoppy. So here's to Hoppy. And hopefully people will raise their beers and call out his name for a long, long time. Yeah. And again, the, the, the festive and, and happy feeling of that song, really, uh, it could have been a, a different direction. And it, what a pleasure it is to hear that. And uh, and reflect on our on our good friend. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, and again, we're going to get th this is episode one with Tommy. We're coming back to talk about his other releases, old and new. Okay. And as you know from listening to this, the tangents will go 
Um, but again, where you can find Tommy, TommyRocks.net, all of his music, TommyRocks.com is highlighting the store itself. Tommy Rocker on Facebook, Tommy Tunes Music, and Tommy Rocks Jerome also on Facebook. You got an Instagram page too. Tommy Rocks Jerome. Are you pretty active on there or no? Or? No, I don't okay. know how to do all this modern <laughs> stuff. I don't. But TommyRocks.net and TommyRocks.com, and there's links to not just the music, but the videos and the links to the store there. And uh, and just come on through and check out this store when you are in Arizona. Don't wait until you're in Jerome. When you're in Arizona, just come on up to Jerome and check out uh, check out the store. And uh, the collection of fun stuff and, uh, and T-shirts and posters and albums and instruments. And autographed uh, and, rock and roll memorabilia. And some stuff that is not every, for sale. Yeah, some of that, uh, <laughs> some stuff is, you know, near and dear to me. So, uh, you know, some of them are gifts. Yeah. Uh, Steve Warden gave me that Neil Young autograph. And so that's, that's definitely not going anywhere. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Kinks. So one of these guitars autographed by the Kings. Oh, nice. That's definitely my baby. But, uh, but yeah. So this is, I tell people this is kind of like my head. A, lar <laughs> a larger, it's a, like a larger scale of my brain. It's so, like you walked inside my head, this little so place. So step underneath the post office and into Tommy's brain. <laughs> All right, Tommy, thank you so much. Appreciate well, spending you, time. Man. We will be back to go over some more CDs and albums and cuts and hear yeah. some more stories. And uh, I want to thank uh, you for sitting down with me. I want to thank you folks for listening. Hoppy, you were the king of the town. You were always around. You were a friend to us all. Hoppy, you always made us laugh. Like Shakespeare's false staff. You were the king of the town Hoppy, thanks for all the good times We'll remember your smile We're all here to say goodbye our beers and call out your name when we're thinking of you, Hoppy. We'll always remember the good times we had with smiles on our faces. We'll try not to be sad and hold you in our hearts forever, Hoppy. You'll always be here 
You're in our hearts, you'll always be near So let's all raise our beers to hobbies